it's not the people who avoid trouble, mm-hmm. <laughs> who have these, you know, these great families. It's the people who are willing to say, we've gone through a lot of trouble together. Sure. And yet here we still are showing up. Welcome to the Blended Family Coaching Show, where you'll discover how to move your stepfamily from just surviving to truly thriving. Grab your headphones and listen in as we share practical, real-life strategies for building healthy bonds, understanding the kids' perspective, romance and partnership, parenting with great teamwork, and yes, even co-parenting with a difficult ex. We're Mike and Kim Anderson, and we believe with the right tools, every step couple can overcome the common challenges of stepfamily life. Join us for authentic and sometimes comical conversations to discover how you can lead your family with confidence and create the future you really want. Hey there, thank you so much for choosing to spend some time with us today. Mm -hmm. We're so grateful for you joining us and we're really excited for our episode today because we've got some very special guests with us. Jeffrey and Amy Ulrich. Jeffrey is a clinical child psychologist who's worked with children and families for over 20 years. Amy's an author and a techie whose work (laughs) and writing has been featured in The Guardian as well as USA Today. And together, the Ulrichs are parents of three boys and co-authors of the book, The Six Needs of Every Child, Empowering Parents and Kids Through the Science of Connection. Mm -hmm. Now, currently they live in New Zealand, uh, but you can still get some resources from them, uh, some great parenting resources at growingconnected.com, which we're going to talk about more a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey, Amy, welcome. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you, Mike. And we're so excited to yeah, be here. Thank you for having us. Grateful for the opportunity to mm. talk with you and to your families. Yeah, yeah thank absolutely. you. Thank mm-hmm. you. You know, we've been talking about the six needs of every child mm-hmm. for the last couple of episodes on the podcast here. But I wonder if we could just start by talking about how parents and step parents and blended families might start thinking about these six needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned to you previously, I was so excited to receive your invitation because I haven't had the chance to speak specifically to this question or idea of the needs working within blended families. And we know there are so many blended families in our world um, and loving on their kids as best they can. And it's complicated. Yes, (laughs) Uh, Families anyway are complicated. Yep. Uh, but blended families are complicated times 10 in most yeah. areas. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, uh, so I'm really, really grateful to talk about some of my thoughts on this because in practice as a therapist, mm-hmm. uh, I'm working with blended families all the time and thinking through these things. Mm-hmm. Sure. So the six needs, um, as your uh, listeners will be familiar with, are really grounded in human attachment. Mm-hmm. That's where the science sits and the development of these six needs or the naming of these needs that um, we put together for the book. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to understand attachment before you talk about the needs in this space, because mm-hmm. um, attachments are uh, emotional bonds that form over time mm-hmm. uh, and they take time to form. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about blended families, the issue of that bonding space and bonding time is really key to what we can do, so to speak, with these needs or the pitfalls that we might yeah. find right. as we're identifying these needs in the children and, and trying to, to meet them. Because mm-hmm. uh, the reality is in, in a blended family where, where uh, a parent is coming in, a step-parent is coming in, Maybe they have a, a a new relationship with a child. They've known the child for a while. Even there, there may be an affectional bond, which is kind of a technical term we use, where I like you, you like me, mm-hmm. and that's good. Mm-hmm. When that when that exists, that's certainly a starting point for attachment. Absolutely, yep. but it's not the same as an attachment. Right. You just can't get to an attachment bond tomorrow, next week or even a year. It mm-hmm. takes time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the other aspect of that is in, in a blended family, and I'm speaking particularly when we have blended families where children are a little bit older, 
those children in, in the blended family, they have attachments mm-hmm. already formed. Right. And you're introducing these new attachment figures into the family system, mm-hmm. which is fine. We can have multiple attachments and, and, mm-hmm. and that can be really good and create resiliency. And as a matter of fact, maybe it's something we come back to. It's just resiliency mm-hmm. possibilities of mm-hmm. blended families. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Because as you know, often blended families come about because there's been hurt and trauma. Right. But um, even in the uh, in the best of circumstances, if if you have a child who has these attachments with people who are now out somewhere else on the mm-hmm. other side of town or mm-hmm. what have you, and you've got this new person coming in, it's just mm. natural that this new attachment sits in juxtaposition to those other attachments, right? Yes. And mm-hmm. where you see this most of all is in the same sex parent. Right. And there's this tension and it's, it's inherent. It's not, kids don't necessarily think about it consciously. Like if I attach to you, the stepmother figure, let's say, Mm -hmm. is that, what does that mean for my attachment with my biological mother or the same way with with stepdad? And it creates this tension and those can create barriers again, Mm -hmm. stepping into those needs as they exist. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's complex. It's really complex. And I think understanding that even if you can't wrap your minds around it completely, just this takes time. Yes. Being able to fully enter and meet yes. these six needs for your stepchild is going to take time. And mm. we can talk. I have some thoughts too about some of those needs may be easier to meet on the front end, mm. and some of them are going to be harder, and, mm. and it's going to take And something yeah. that was so helpful to me to understand about attachment is how it is wired into us. And just these are things that our kids are acting out in in a way, like you said, that not conscious. So mm. just understanding what's happening in their in their biology, either little or not so little biology, that right. this is this is so natural. They are not saying I'm going to be dip- difficult and obstinate right now. Like, mm. These are survival instincts that are kicking in. I mm. think that it is so helpful to bring compassion to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, it's helped me so much in my relationships with my kids to yeah. say, oh, I can, now that I can see it, I actually, once you start to really understand attachment and I'm hoping that the compass is a tool to be able to see it in a way, because that's what really helped me. I was like, oh, my kid's going in this direction now. Mm-hmm. And that's because that's what he's wired to do. Mm-hmm. And as the mama, I can then make my decisions based on that knowledge. Um, but otherwise, I felt myself pushed and pulled some of the conflicts or whatever it was that came up in the family. So again, hope we, what we really have hoped to do with the book is to give people just an overview of what to expect. We can't, we can't know what's in everyone's family, what's in everyone's relationships, but right. to just understand some of the basics of the terrain of our kids' wiring and our own. Yes. Uh, I found that, I can speak to for myself, I found that to be incredibly helpful in my relationship with yeah. my kids. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Amy. And and really, the word that came to mind as you were describing that is that it, it empowered you when mm. you understood yes. attachment. It empowered you to mm. meet your child where they were, mm-hmm. where they're at in that difficult moment. Mm-hmm. Um, right, without the judgment that is my nat- I mean, my natural tendency is sometimes because I want to make it better. Like just I wish you weren't that way, yeah. <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever unrealistic thing to just mm. make the the bad moment over. It empowers me to enter into the moment without the self-judgment, the shame that can come up when there's really difficult things that happen. Sure. I love that. Yeah. You know, as I was listening to both of you, one of the things that really came to mind, we talk a lot, uh, we we call it a loyalty bind. Uh, We talk a lot Mm -hmm. on the show about that. And Jeffrey, what you described there of, hey, I've got mom in that other home and I've got stepmom right here in front of me. And inside, maybe they can't articulate it, but this feeling of, Man, if I like stepmom or even love stepmom or enjoy, it's, I have yeah. this sense that I'm betraying mom. And it sounds like, as I listen to you talk, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that's like a conflict of attachments. I don't know if yeah. that's a, I just made that up, but uh, that's yeah. probably what it feels like to a child. Mm-hmm. No, and, and in fact, I would assert attachment explains that. That is, that is what is un- working under the hood. Yeah, to create that bind, yeah. and it's not articulate. Like a child can't articulate. No. Most instances, it's not articulated. Mm-hmm. Older children, perhaps, mm-hmm. because they can see their 
their other parents struggling with seeing yes. them get close. And so it becomes a little more to the surface, but yeah. especially with younger children. Yeah. They don't know what's going on. It's like Amy said, like it's just this inherent thing. Um, and uh, to be clear, as Amy mentioned, attachment is um, a survival. We have attachment because they help us to survive in a very practical matter. Sure. And so any threat to an attachment is is genuinely like dangerous. Sure. And again, it's not conscious. It's just we're wired to mm-hmm. feel danger mm-hmm. if an attachment we have, even if that attachment was not the healthiest. So that's another thing I think that trips mm-hmm. people up. Like, yeah, yeah but you, you know, <laughs> saying this out loud, but your other parent was not a very loving person yeah. in whatever mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if an attachment exists, it's still going to do what it's designed to do within us, which is to say, if there's a threat to it, then I'm in danger. Yeah. Uh, so that can be very confusing to parents. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to navigate. And so that, gr- that grace, or we just talk about patience or mm. deep breath, this is emotionally complicated. I might not have the words for it. My children brought child probably doesn't have the words for it. Sure. You know, it's, it's a bit of a holy ground situation where we're like, we just tread carefully yeah. um, and not avoid things, but just be mindful that this is hard work. Absolutely. Yeah, Man, yeah. I could go so many different directions. With I know, all of it. You just, I know. I'm like, I've wow, got, what, I've got a lot that? of rabbit trails. <laughs> I, I think I think for this discussion, just to add, um, I want to encourage listeners to be thinking of children as individual children as we have yeah. this conversation. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to kind of group yeah. our spouse's kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, her kids just, you know, his kids do the... And Lump and it's really together. easy because emotionally we kind of put them all together. But the reality is, like you said, older kids experience one thing, younger kids mm-hmm. experience another and how each one is wired and their personality. There's so many things involved in it. And I just continue to find that the more and more couples we work with, when, when, when we can think of kids as individual beings uh, and be okay with the fact yeah. that as a step parent, I might build connection or, or attachment uh, differently with a younger child than I might with an older stepchild, mm-hmm. right? And so just being able to really think through that, as especially as we go through this, um, yeah. this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Children in the same biological family have come through a different journey. We've got to think about kids individually. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's absolutely crucial. And yeah. that's why one of the things that we say in the book over and over again is wanting to so often, I think, there's cultural reasons why we do this. There's just natural reasons. We want to know, what do I do? What do I do? Like, how do I parent? What do I do? And so we really encourage people to change that question, change that framing to how shall I be with this child, right? There's no blanket answers for any family, but how should I be with this child? The person right in front of me um, allows us to see them for the unique individual that they are, just as we would like to be seen as our own unique. Yeah, individuals. So you know, my sister and I are not the same. And so I want to be seen and known for who I am. And yeah. every child deserves to be seen and known for who they are as well. And again, just to create tools to allow yeah. that. To- yeah. Well put, um, Amy. Thank you. Yeah. Now, I, I think maybe we're going to get to this uh, at some point, but there's that balance, you know, what do I do? So that general idea, like there are so many different variables each child, each parent, their own histories, different histories, different mm-hmm. timelines, mm-hmm. different personalities. It's it can be overwhelming, and you're just like, well, then you know, throw your hands up. Um, <laughs> we, we developed this tool, the compass, so that it wouldn't seem like total chaos. That there yeah. th- there is something to create a first step. And I do giving it some thought because of you know framing you know, your audience and, and, and the need there. Uh, I, I do want to share some thoughts about what I think. And so this bit isn't because the research shows necessarily. It's my mm-hmm. clinical experience and, mm-hmm. and really understanding at a ground level attachment, how it works in these needs and how they fit in. But uh, So the six needs, uh, which your audience will be familiar with, delight, support, boundaries, protection, mm-hmm. comfort, and equipping. Mm-hmm. Three of those needs, in, in my mind, are really highly charged. One way of thinking is they draw against the love account heavily. 
criminal cases. So boundaries, protection, comfort, mm-hmm. those are intense needs. Children generally don't like our boundaries. They may not want our protection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> comfort can be really tricky. Uh, sometimes it may seem like, oh, what would be the problem with comfort? Well, if your child's angry, they need comfort. Uh, that's complicated. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, or even if it's a it's a more tender emotion, it's, it's complicated. Do I want to let you comfort me? Like, whoa, that's, mm-hmm. you know, am I ready for that? Mm-hmm. So those needs are really the most tricky, I think, of mm-hmm. the six needs for your mm-hmm. blend, for blind fans, especially early in the game. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to land on a need to say, start here, it's delight. Mm-hmm. Now, I really say that for all parents because we need to remember that because we, we forget it. Attachment really is built on delight, and we don't even realize it was. Because if you think about your biological children and seeing them come into the world, like, who is this person, right? Mm. There's this period of time really where, you know, past the sleep deprivation, where we're like, <laughs> who are you? Yeah. There's all reflection of, yeah. and curiosity really is, is right. the key underlying stance mm. that lies behind delight. And, mm. you know, they stop being infants and then we get into the toddler stages and some things are still cute and we laugh we're tired and then we're getting into boundaries and other things that are right a little more intense but if you know, if you're coming new to a relationship mm-hmm. that's where it you know where you, you get the most bang for your buck um, that makes and so much look sense. at rom- you know romantic relationships yeah bam it's all about delight it's like right. who are you oh my gosh i just found out that's what we have to bring <laughs> Right. I encourage your viewers, and maybe it's it's complicated because we're already you know yeah. into it, and it's been tense and whatever. But right, that's where a kid is most likely to open up to you. Yeah. Oh, this person is not trying to control me. They're not trying to yep. win me over. They're just seeing me as mm. my own person. That's very mm. powerful. I think we underestimate mm. it. Mm. So I just so want to clarify. So what you're saying is that there could be some wisdom in non-bio parents stepping away from from boundaries and protection and comfort and really leaning to the other three needs. Especially early on. And not necessarily completely stepping away. It's that I generally coach parents that the bio parent really wants to take the lead on those yeah, because they have the most to, you can draw against it, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to set that boundary or back up my partner's boundary. Mm-hmm. And it's, you're going to, you know, that's coming off my account. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't like it. I'll pay on that. Yep. Where if you're the, the, the parent coming in, you don't have the account build up. Yeah. The love right. account's not there. So right. I know um, that metaphor may not make complete sense, but yeah, in a sense, no. you're just recognizing mm-hmm. I, it's harder for me mm-hmm. to take the lead on those and yeah. build to it right grow into the you're gonna have to grow into those right Right. comfort's probably the one second in line where you can really build Mm -hmm. attachment Mm -hmm. if the kid is open to receiving it and that's the tricky bit where comfort depending on the kid and then age and stage for sure sometimes it's like well you know throw the doors open hey Mm -hmm. somebody's giving me some comfort i need that right and you're like great here we are Sure. Building up our love account. Yeah. Uh, but other kids are going to be like, I know I don't want a hug from you. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into this later. How does that feel for me? And, and what do I do with that? Becomes right. sort of the next level of right. you know, working through the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely in line with what we continue to coach couples around as well, is that that step parent's going to tread very lightly when it comes to direction or correction. Yeah. And so yeah. being able to reflect our delight in a stepchild and just keep doing that and stay focused there early on is really powerful. Jeffrey, as you explain that, what would delight sound like coming from a step parent? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I just go straight. I go to age and stage. Right. So I'm thinking a little bit older, like curiosity. When you have a history with a, with your child, your biological, like we've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it becomes easy to focus on, I'm coaching you up, you know, like the non-emotional aspects. We got to get through the day. We got to mm-hmm. this long, you know? Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, and this is something to just pay attention to in all of our, you know, what, whether we're the bio parent or not. It's, right. Don't neglect that. Keep taking time out to just step out of busyness and go, hey, I haven't caught up with you lately. What's going mm-hmm. on with you? you know, mm-hmm. Let's throw a ball. Mm-hmm. But I think um, because it's common, uh, we're all starving for delight. Like it's not just our kids. We all are because it's yeah. a human need. Yeah. But that's an opportunity for us to parent, I think, to come in, just be the person that's noticing the special you-ness of, you know, like, because yeah. it's new to you. Whereas the mm-hmm. biological parent, oh yeah, he's really good at soccer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got to work on this part of his game. Oh my gosh. That is awesome. Right. <laughs> what you did? Yeah. And the kid's exactly. like, finally, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and I think delight can be a decision. I mean, I think sometimes mm-hmm. delight comes now. Na- it's fabulous when delight comes yeah. naturally. You just sure. look at a child and smile. But often, I mean, I had postpartum depression after our third, mm-hmm. and, but I knew how much delight mattered. Mm-hmm. So it was choosing every time that this little guy raised his arms up to smile at him and say, I'm so mm-hmm. happy to see you. Right. Uh-huh. And that's me choosing to say, this is something that matters to me, even though it's struggling. And I wasn't, it wasn't something, you know, some people suffer from postpartum much more than I did. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying that people can choose their way out of it, but sure. I also think that there are times when a child can be very difficult to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think about, like you said, we lived in New Zealand we had very strict lockdown measures. So we couldn't mm-hmm. even interact with neighbors for long periods mm-hmm. of time. It was just us and house. Mm-hmm. Us in the house, and um, <laughs> and, you know, we're both working. And then my our our kids are in school, and then my little guy loves YouTube, right? Mm. And I'm somebody I love to read. Like I I don't I'm not sure about YouTube, and but he just loves YouTube, and these are his friends. Like these are the people that he's interacting with. So mm. I just thought, you know, delight is a decision. Mm. So just tell me about your YouTubers. Like let's mm. I want to know like who's this yeah. guy? Pee somebody or other like. Yeah. Tell me about it. You know, and you start to ask questions and you start to not negate the things that are, that really bring them joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, without you know, realistic boundaries or anything. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do wonder if, you know, being a step parent is an opportunity to see, see a child with new eyes. Yeah. Who is this person in front of me? What do they really love? Mm-hmm. Even if it's something that's baffling to me. Mm-hmm. And then how can I just find out more about it? And say, that's pretty cool. Tell me why you think that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I love how you, um, there's a, a little line in the book when you talk about delight, that it's about making tiny spaces for joy. Mm. Mm. And that is a choice to make space for that, because in order to make tiny spaces for joy, you have to be willing to um, put away your own distractions and mm. kind of... Yeah. Uh, release yourself from the busyness of life to notice something, mm-hmm. to sit down and look at what their what their favorite YouTuber is doing, and mm-hmm. to to notice what they're playing with and what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. That means we have to choose to focus, yeah, and yeah. and put a, put aside some of the distractions, yeah, which is a hard thing to do in the pace of life we're all running at. Absolutely. So, if you're listening. We know you're going to go to the link and buy this book yes. and you're going to look at this compass mm-hmm. so you can see it visually and step parents, especially in those early years, you're going to navigate yourself right over in the direction of delight. That's mm-hmm. like your number one focus right out of the gate. Yeah. And, and I'll add to that too. The other two that we didn't talk about in this regard, support and equipping. Yeah. Uh, and I think, and we, we might talk about the types of needs, but uh, both support and uh, equipping are guidance needs. Mm-hmm. And often this can be space as well for new relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, what I generally just recommend for parents is sort of create permission. I, you know, I've, I've been watching, you know, I seeing what you're going through. Now, equipping is an em- emotional guidance need. It's, it's sort of like when hard things happen, Mm-hmm. What just happened there? Where do I yeah. go from here? Uh, that's best after comfort. Sometimes you're not on the scene for that bit and you just come in after and you're like, I could see what's going on. Do you, do you want to talk about it? Do you, mm-hmm. you know, I hear some notice, but because of that newness of relationship, I just think it's by say, do I have an invitation to do that? And if not, it's not my business. 
Yep. And support's similar just in terms of, and, and this I think happens particularly when we, we're this new person in our life and maybe there's some things we missed out in our other family or, you know, I didn't have a girl or I had a boy. And this is really cool. Like I'm actually kind of excited. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I share that interest in yours. I'd love to take you on a hike. I love hiking. Mm-hmm. That's support stuff. That's just like, mm-hmm. I want to explore. That's sitting at the middle of the explore side. Mm-hmm. I want to discover with you alongside of you. Would, would that be cool? Like, yeah. I mean, if not, that's, you know, I'm not, right. again, am I going to no. get hurt? Yeah. Maybe. Yep. Yep. And we'll work through that. But I think those to the guidance needs uh, support Mm -hmm. and equipping, especially Mm -hmm. early, can bear a lot of connection. Yeah. Yeah. We just heard a story about that. Well, we did a podcast with an older couple who have adult children, and the stepmom didn't have any children of her own. And she was trying to connect and and build bonds Mm. with these grown kids and was really struggling for years. And she said that the point where she finally started being accepted and bonding with these adult children was around the support and equipping. Mm. When they had something difficult happen and they weren't quite sure what to do, and she was able to kind of kind of very respectfully say, you know, I've been through something similar yeah. in my life. Mm. Can I share how I navigated that? And yeah. and now they come to her yeah. before they even go to their own dad yeah, for, for advice. Dad, yeah. Mean, yeah. <laughs> That's a great example. That's yeah. a perfect example of equipping yeah. and so slipping mm-hmm. into that need in space yeah. non-threateningly. Because again, yeah. that's why attachment context matters because yeah. there's always the risk of am I threatening attachment? So I need to come in with my feathers down. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that can be just hard to do because of our own attachment yeah. as well. And, yeah. and and I wanna I wanna suggest to step parents don't get discouraged when the mm-hmm. answer is no sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a step parent, what I hear you saying, uh, Jeffrey, is that we need to ask permission mm-hmm. and then not get offended if we're, you know, rejected in that moment. And I would say, you know what, the next week, ask permission again. And the next week, ask permission again. And just keep going and don't take personal offense to it. And eventually, you're probably going to get a, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I'll I'll do that with you. And and then you're in and you start and you start building on that. But sometimes we give up way too fast and and it Mm. only takes four or five times and you might be surprised. So don't give up. Yeah. And when a step parent gives up, that sends a pretty strong message to the child that, oh, I guess, you know, this relationship isn't important. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, and and you guys, I'm very familiar with this is that is, again, I don't believe this is necessarily always conscious. It's unconscious. It's the test. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Put skin in this game. If you're going to leave, why, why would I do that? Why would I put myself through that? Yep. So you, as the grown-up, are coming to a life. I am going. I am here to be an attachment figure. I'm in it for the long yes. haul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but your child's not coming to that mm-hmm. assumption, this place, and probably has reasons to believe. Well, why would I assume that? What, mm-hmm. what gives me the reason to expect that? It's yeah. going to end. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Jeffrey, just a minute ago, you started talking about the guidance types. Mm -hmm. And so you're alluding to these need types and you have three different types. Could you maybe walk us through what those types are and what that means? So there's six needs. uh, And I'm glad that you caught this because sometimes it's, it's easy to miss. It wasn't a point of emphasis in the book, but I do think it's valuable. So there's two sides of the compass, the explore and and seeking refuge. So that's going out, exploring, moving out into the world, mm-hmm. feeling safe and loved. And and then when things get hard, it's the bottom side. It's like mm-hmm. we come to our attached figures for comfort, to recalibrate, to feel safe again. Uh, and three needs sit on both sides. Mm-hmm. So one of the needs on top, one of the needs on the bottom share similarities, and that's delight and comfort. And we call them mirroring needs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're really emotionally grounded. They're really about the emotional experience of you and I right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Delight is an emotional experience. It's positive. It's, it's discovery. It's joy. It's just that mm-hmm. feeling of like, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like being here with you. Uh, mm-hmm. I like seeing you. This is cool. Comfort's the harder side of that, which is mm-hmm. I am here with you because I'm bound to you. I love you. 
And that's mm. hard right now. Mm. And we reflect, we mirror what we're seeing. So the mm. light, I see your joy and I reflect my joy in seeing uh, your joy. And in comfort, I see your pain and I'm reflecting back to you that I mm. see your pain and I'm not mm. trying to just get that pain out of you. Gonna, I'm going to join you here I'm gonna, mm. so that you are experiencing that you're here with me, not you don't want me to be here. We're going to add it. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And there's wow. some empathy, some empathy yeah. to that as well. Yeah. Sounds like so in the good. comfort piece. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, um, and support and equipping. So the, again, support and exploring is support's just about walking alongside of you out into the world and discovering that world and, and helping you, coaching you, if you will, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. get this really well, how to master it better, like how to be mm-hmm. better at things that matter to you or just matter important for life. And equipping is the emotional side of mm. that it, because things happen and they're painful. And we're like, what just happened? I, I need to help somebody help me make sense of this. So there's this growth that comes from discovering how emotional things go. So that's why we call them guidance. Mm-hmm. And then the, the uh, last set are protection needs. So boundaries and protection. They sit right next to each other. One mm-hmm. tends to move to the other because they're next to each other. Yeah. So we set boundaries because our children need to understand that they can't just do what they want and that worked well for them or others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and protection sort of like, and others may want to do things to you without respect to you, and I need to protect you from those things. Mm-hmm. So they're both forms of protection. One is preemptive child's you know on there we're targeted one is like i'm actually focused on the outside forces that can cause harm to you so yeah. uh, hopefully that makes sense to your audience yeah. why this matters i think is most people will find themselves being comfortable with one set and uncomfortable with another mm-hmm. so sometimes you're comfortable with two of those and not uncomfortable with the third mm-hmm. or comfortable with one and uncomfortable with two but they usually come in those flops. Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah. helpful to know, oh, that's where I'm going to run into trouble. And, or that's where I'm really, that's what I'm really good at. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So while we're on, uh, that was a great lead in into what I would love to talk about next, which are some of the emotional struggles we have as parents and as step parents mm. in meeting some of these needs. Mm. And Amy, near the end of the book, you talk about a really emotional experience you had with your boys, berry picking, when you had great (laughs) expectations of what a great parent you were being and how much fun this was going to be and how you you wanted your boys to have this great experience that meant a lot to you. And then it all kind of fell apart because kids were being kids. Right. And then you (laughs) fell apart. Right. And the emotions took over. Mm-hmm. What you said in the book was in moments of stress and intensity, and we all have those moments, right? <laughs> Only a few. <laughs> My feelings and emotions can overpower any attempt at thinking or logic. Yeah. And I highlighted, underlined that because I think we can all relate to that. Right? I'm glad to hear that other people <laughs> can relate. I mean, I think that that's how it goes. Mm. I feel sure that that's how it goes. But still, in those moments, you can just, you can beat yourself up so much after those meltdown moments, especially as a grown up. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to be the one melting down. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, how does that impact us in those difficult parenting moments when mm-hmm. you're upset with your kids? You're upset with yourself, laying those negative messages in Mm. your head. And thank you for being so honest and vulnerable Mm. in the book Mm. about the negative messages you had going. You were telling yourself some pretty harsh things Mm. about yourself and your kids as well. How can we use this this tool that you've developed, the compass? How can we help ourselves (laughs) manage our own emotions and and move past those difficult moments in a healthy way to to meet the needs of our kids? And I know that's a huge question. (laughs) And Jeffrey, I can see your your wheels are turning already. Um, Well, I I feel like, you know, we say there's no there's no one answer. There's no secret to pairing, but there there is a bit of a secret. There is a bit of like, this is it. And the answer, the secret is repair. 
It's coming back together after the breaking. It's understanding that we are all going to break. So that if we give ourselves time to calm down, <laughs> Mm-hmm. to step away, to think about what happened. You're not going to repair it in the moment. You know, you can't repair it in the moment. Sometimes it's sometimes really difficult. Things take years to repair. Uh, but if we're willing to put the work in, to look and see, you know what, where I was really wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> here, as well as what I wish had gone differently on, you know, that my children had done differently and come back together with grace mm-hmm. for each other. That's really where it where the answer lies. And you know, Jeffrey, he has his PhD that has done all this research. And what he's found is that, and you can jump in and, and say this in a different way, but it's not the people who avoid trouble mm-hmm. <laughs> who have these for you know these great families. It's the people who are willing to say, we've gone through a lot of trouble together. Sure. And yet here we still are showing up. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it's, it's not uh, what I, you know, what I I grew up in a family where we'd have some really difficult thing happen. And then we just wouldn't talk about it. Mm. Let's just walk, let's walk away because it's too painful. Sometimes it feels like touching a hot coal to talk about some of these things. So you just, well, let's just eat ice cream and hope for the best. You know, like, <laughs> but it's just, you know, sometimes, sometimes that works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not for a minute, but you know, but just, it's that like, that was, I shouldn't have yelled at you that way. I yeah. feel terrible yeah. that I yelled at you that way. I was upset. Yeah. I wish that hadn't happened, but I just so wish I hadn't yeah. done that thing to you. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's just a huge essential point because better than that, just from a scientific standpoint, as we talked about the light, that's sort of the, low risk entry point for attachment mm. the the high risk but equally as important and powerful is the when it goes bad and what happens then so this pair that amy is talking about the you know this is the foxhole thing this mm. this is where do you abandon me in the foxhole mm. or do we find a way forward do we we get through this together right and when you do that, when you are able to experience real pain, really bad mm-hmm. interactions yeah. emotionally, and come back to it safely, mm-hmm. now that's the tricky part. It can be a very mm-hmm. tricky part, obviously. And it just is a relief, and it creates an emotional bond. Not that you look for those. Mm-hmm. But look, most people don't have to go looking for them. They just happen. Oh, yeah. Now, I think the piece I'd add to what Amy said is that it really helps to be able to have those repair moments if you have self-awareness because you, if you can't bring your stuff to the table and talk about it in a coherent way and it's just about what they need, they should have done. I shouldn't have yelled at you, but mm. fill in the blank. That's not really the kind of repair that makes me feel closer to you. Right. Yeah. When I come to that situation and say, you know what, I shouldn't have reacted that way and i think what was going on is that what's really hard for me is i grew up in a family where x y and z have put a lot of pressure on myself and then i pass that on to you and that's not fair to you Mm. now i really would appreciate that you don't do what you did next time sure but i'm telling you what my piece of it is that's very powerful yeah and i do think the two things that any of any parent be, can become at least nominally aware of. Most parents either fall one to two categories. One is they're handing down what they've always done. I do what I do. I, yeah. That's how I, my parents treated me. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. just what I do. Being aware of what you got handed and how you have the habit of just doing those same things is really mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, there are parents who have gotten to that therapeutic space where they realize how it was for them and they're determined, I am going, it's going to be different in our family. And you're trying so hard to do it different that you blow it up because you put so much pressure to make sure it turns out different and the kid doesn't go along with your redemptive story. And now that's what blew up. Yeah. And we can be a bit of both. I know I'm a bit of both. Sometimes I want and sometimes just that self-knowledge is really can help that repair process be genuinely that's so powerful you know i i often uh talk with parents and step parents and and part of this is because of my own 
journey of I grew up in a really dysfunctional blended family and there was abuse and uh, all of us kids kind of left home early and lots of that stuff mm-hmm. going on. And I knew what I did not want yeah. for my future yeah. family when Kim and I were walking down the aisle. But what I discovered over several years <laughs> of living under the same roof was knowing what I didn't want didn't teach me what I needed yeah. to know in order to get what I did want. Yeah. And I had to go, whoa, just because I had that experience doesn't mean that I can swing the pendulum way over to the other side and just do the opposite to get what I want. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And so finding my way more toward the middle of, oh yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, you talked about under responsiveness and over responsiveness in the book. I'm not, I don't want to do either of those. I want to be able to respond appropriately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I've got yeah. to learn some skills to do that. Yeah. yeah. And that's what a lot of the book, and I think every single need at the end of each chapter, you have what you call the reality check, mm-hmm. which is so great because it helps parents and step parents understand their own personal responses um, related to all of these mm-hmm. six needs. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how the natural tendencies of a parent or a step parent might cause them to either under respond or over respond mm-hmm. to different situations mm-hmm. that might require, you know, a specific need that needs to be met, but they're over or under responding to that need um, based on their natural tendencies and also based on how they their attachments were formed through childhood. Sure. If you could expand on that a little bit. Yeah. So going back to that, those need categories, types, most humans, if we're not good at something and we're good at something else, we just try and stay on the ground where I'm feeling confident in myself. Yeah. So uh, the easiest one, because it's the most common trap for for us, for myself, this is what I, I had to come to terms with and continue to come to terms with is I, I did not, my attachment history is not delight and comfort, didn't receive it. Mm. Having not received it growing up when I may have needed it, mm. I, I'm not good at giving it. Because mm. <laughs> we get good at what, what we know, what we practice. So what I'm good at is competence, like getting things done or um, solving problems. So I'm good at support and equipping, telling you what to do or how it should be done. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at just being with you and delighting, comforting. Mm-hmm. So I tend to start off always on that foot and go hard. Yeah. And just recognizing that is valuable because we have all the needs. All humans have all the needs. So mm-hmm. my kid is missing out if I'm just pushing for the unique, the supporting and equipping. And I'm neglecting that. I'm not good at it. Mm. To your point, Mike, I have to press into that weakness. I have to mm-hmm. find a way mm-hmm. to grow a little and have grace for myself that I'm not, I'm never going to be a natural at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, relationships could be redemptive for us because mm. there is, especially you know, children, like there's a lot of forgiveness there. Yeah. You know, they, they'll give us second and third chances. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So keeping at it. So being aware, because often if something's not working, we're not aware. We'll just mm. try the thing we're good at harder. Mm-hmm. And that's almost certainly going to make it worse. Yeah. And I mean, it, it does strike me too. I mean, that's one of the, the hopes that we have from the compass is that uh, if you if you read the book, you'll see that there's a pointer to point to the different needs, but the pointer is split in half. Mm. So often we as a parent, like our side of the compass goes right to the need that we're most familiar with, which is typically mm. the one that we grew up with the most, the need yeah. most nat- met within us. And yeah. then our ch- child is going to have their own little compass pointing them. Mm. And mm-hmm. I, I just grew up with it with boundaries. Boundaries was highly valued in my family. Mm-hmm. So if there is a meltdown, if one of my kids has a meltdown, which all kids have meltdowns, I immediately want to stop it. Like my compass swings. Boundary time. It's boundaries, like stop the yelling, whatever it is. And so it helps to be able to trust yourself enough to feel the disconnection. When mm-hmm. your compass pointers are pointing at different needs, this might sound strange, but you can feel it. You can, when you are not connected with your kid, mm-hmm. something just feels off. 
So if you try, go ahead and try your thing, like try, try boundary. There's no problem. I mean, that's the great thing about having six choices. We're not saying one is right or wrong, but like, try it. Like, okay, so Mm -hmm. I try the boundary. And I think about one particular time with one of my guys, he was just melting down, melting down, melting down. And I'm like, you know, enough, you know, tried to thought that I had tried to do enough. And was finally like, this has got to stop. Right. Mm. But it was not getting any better. Um, and I thought, all right, we are so disconnected at this point. So it's bedtime. And I just went and lay down next to him. And he was, I mean, he's a full body passionate kid. And he was just screaming and crying. And I just thought, I'm just going to lie next to him quietly. Mm. And I mean, I think it was 45 minutes or something. Mm. Um, and it has gotten so extreme. And then he finally, after just quietly lying next to him, Mm. Um, he started to talk about a really difficult thing that had happened to him at school that day. Wow. Interesting. And I could have gotten louder and I could have set hard, harder boundaries and shut that door. And I don't want to hear it anymore. And all the things that I know really well. Mm. Right. Yeah. But it was just, we are so disconnected right now. Let me try something that feels Mm. really uncomfortable for me. I'm going to, I'm going to just let myself lie here with this screaming and kicking and not stop Mm, it. And then he wears himself out. And I hear about this really, really hard thing that happened to him that day. Mm. And I can hug him and say, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I Mm. love you, buddy. Mm. Right. And then he can go to sleep. And we, and it's like, oh, I feel it. Oh, we're back. We're back. It doesn't mean that anything's perfect. You know, the next day Mm. is the next day. Mm. But it over time is the stepping mm. together and understanding ourselves and being willing to to feel within ourselves yeah. uh, what connection feels like and what disconnection feels like. Yeah, I'm a big metaphor guy, and the compass was. I do a lot of tramp, and uh, which means hiking. And oh yeah, sorry. Okay, thank you. Tramping. Yeah, you go into the woods and you compass. One of the biggest challenges for people who are doing survival stuff is you've become convinced in your mind, this is the direction Mm. I need to go. Like this is it. And if you make a mistake, what people do is double down on what they're initially and they, and they just get more and more lost because they keep Mm. committing Mm. to the the original mistake. You're right. right. What Amy's talking about is the nice thing is there's this thing inside of us. You are getting more involved. You are going deeper and deeper into the woods. You are not. Yeah that just stop yeah. yeah take a breath and start over yeah and consider another direction mm-hmm. like, that's all that's in some sense if we get nothing else parents it's like the option of just oh stop i'm feeling this is working yeah. what are my other options mm-hmm. what other direction can i go because in lieu of that, most of us just go and I've always gone in that direction. So I just mm. have to keep going in that direction. That's how I get where I need to go. And a lot of damage can come from that more emotional. You know, like yeah. a lot of pain and suffering comes from that unnecessarily. So we mm. just hope we can save people a little less misery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah There's that... always going to be misery, but yeah. to just be able to stop sooner and go, I don't have to keep going in that direction. I can turn toward comfort even if it's uncomfortable with me yeah you know amy just sitting there that was comfort like she wasn't giving him a hug he wouldn't have accepted that that would probably made it he just was going to be still that was a form of comfort i'm going to be here with you and yeah 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 Yeah, she was just present Mm -hmm. what a what a powerful thing i can hear some listeners right now going okay makes sense to me with my bio kids but i got a step kid who just really annoys me, and I don't know if I want to be close to him. Mm-hmm. What might you say to that step parent? So much depends. Where are we in the story? Right? Are we at Are we at the beginning? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we later into the story? Yeah. Where is that history coming from within the relationship, or does it precede the relationship? Is yeah. that part mixed? You know, the therapist to me says, "Oh, that's a tough one to answer." Yeah. But this, maybe that's part of the 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 answer is saying, okay, where do I think that's coming from? Mm-hmm. Our relation, our history, and then what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. Is there a different, can I re, can I restart the relation? Can I, my instinct was to try and do this, meet this need with mm-hmm. this kid, be this parent to this kid. And 
maybe that was just wrong direction with this mm-hmm. child at this stage in their life. Mm-hmm. I need to step back and try a different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it was really more like out of the gate, I'd really want to know. So where do you think that comes Something within you're carrying something that this child, your subchild represents within you yeah. that's really like either a danger or a threat. And I was curious, like where might that be coming from? What, yeah. what could we learn from yeah. Absolutely, and I and I know we we haven't talked about it here, and and some of your audience may be familiar with this kind of thinking, and others not. And uh, I don't believe, um, you know, I believe a source of knowledge and intuition is is accessible to any of us. For us, that's in a Christian framework and, and praying. But this idea of of praying, however you might pray, into mm. the confusion and saying. Mm. Uh, show me what I'm missing because there's clear, almost always in that situation, there's a missing piece of information that yeah. resides within you. Or like Amy with our boy, it resided in it wasn't in her at that point. Mm-hmm. And it needed to be, it needed to come out. And sometimes mm-hmm. prayer has been the thing that mm-hmm. led us to where we need to go. It's just something. Yeah. Well, listen, yeah, just like listening, it's a deep intuition. And mm-hmm. I do think that as an adult who adult who has chosen to enter into a home with a child, yeah, I think that we have, and I, I consider like I chose to have my children, you know, like mm-hmm. I have a, a, a responsibility to at least try. Right. Mm-hmm. But something that struck me is we live in a world right now that we're just, we seem like we're just falling apart and unable to mm-hmm. love one another. So just a personal experience that this weird thing that happens to me, it's this quiet listening. And again, I don't think you have to be a person of faith to be able to hear and take in wisdom. Sometimes the people I find the most difficult or the people Mm. that are hardest for me to understand, I can get judgy in my brain. Mm. And the weirdest little thing happens to me when I start to get real judgy Mm. about something, about a kid or a person or something, this old little ditty from Sunday school pops into my brain and I promise you it feels like wisdom or love or God or whatever you want to call it. It's this is my commandment that you love one another, that your joy Mm. may be full. Mm. Um, And it's so fascinating. We love one another so that our joy will be full. Mm. Right. So if there is a child in your home who is so difficult, we Mm -hmm. get it. Sometimes kids are difficult. Sure. But there, the, the practice of learning how to love mm. is not only for the sake of that child, though I do think as a, as a grown up, you know, we're yeah. called to love the children yeah. in our, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's also for our joy, right? Yeah. It's for the yeah. joy, it's for the joy of our partner. It's for the joy of our whole yeah. family system. Yeah. So it's, it is something to listen to and pay attention to and say, okay, how do I get quiet and listen to yeah. and figure out what to do here? Uh, you know, I, I yeah. love that. And I can so relate to it. Part of the reason I asked that question is I was that stepdad. Uh, mm-hmm. There have been times along the way where Annika, uh, Kim's daughter, my, my stepdaughter, I just didn't like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I was really annoyed by her and I was frustrated by her in our early years. I very much, I'm a, I'm, I grew up with lots of, ba- lots of boundaries and all of that going on. And so, man, I want to go to that right away. And I, and we get married and here's this five-year-old and I'm like, why, why isn't she doing her chores? Why isn't she mopping the floor and mowing the lawn? And I'll, and Kim's like, she's five. And I'm like, no, seriously, like this kid needs to learn responsibility. And over time, learning to back down and without knowing anything about any of this, learning to actually delight and learning mm-hmm. to experience that and loving her. Um, in a way that she needed to be loved. I, it took yep. me a long, I'm kind of dense, so it took me a long time to figure that <laughs> out. But now she's 27 years old. And, uh, you know, just actually it was a couple years ago, but she came over and Kim was in the other room and she came over and plopped on the couch and like snuggled in and put her little head on me, uh, mm. on, on my shoulder. And I was like, oh man, mm. I am so glad I didn't stay yeah. locked into boundaries mm. And I actually expanded my thought of what it means to love this child. And yeah. now, all these years later, we actually get to experience some of that joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. For those step parents out there who are going, this kid is so annoying. I get it. I get it. It feels that way. And yet, you have the capacity within you to do something different. 
you have the capacity to show up in a way that that child needs. And so I just, if you're listening and you're feeling frustrated, I get it. And I just, I just want to encourage you, you have that capacity. And I think what makes it really difficult, and I think I can name the pain point for 99% of the step parents out there, maybe not 99%, but at least least half of the step parents out there (laughs) is that it's hard to delight in a child that desperately needs boundaries and has Mm. not been given boundaries by the bio parent. And that's a typical scenario scenario we see because was our scenario post-divorce parent you know you you come out of that with a lot of guilt Mm. and even some fear of well I don't want to impose this boundary if my ex isn't imposing that boundary in their home because then is my child not going to want to spend time here and I'm going to get compared to that other parent and I feel guilt that my kid's been through so much Mm. through the divorce I you know I just want to have fun and I only have limited visitation time and I don't want to be doing boundaries and so it's very common for the bio parent to be quite permissive Mm -hmm. and for there to be very few boundaries put in place. And then you have a step parent coming in who sees this child running the house, making all the decisions, calling all the (laughs) shots. And it's hard to delight in that child. Yeah, it is. That is a huge pain point for step parents. We hear that all the time. That's exactly it, right? Because what I just said, what I said at the beginning was, it's that parent who needs to fill that need space Give the other parent the freedom to focus the other things. And so that would be a real trap for so many step families. Mm -hmm. And working your way through an ambivalence or the the pull of, if that's true, if I'm right about that, and it just is what it is. Like we Mm -hmm. can go back to the beginning, what's going on in all of us because of attachment and we can't step out of it. Yeah. And so we either run from the reality of it or we Mm -hmm. step up and fears i do that what am i afraid of i gotta figure out what i'm gonna do with it but you called it out jeffrey when you said emotional bonds take time that's right and becoming parenting partners in a blended family also takes time that's right So uh, a parent who's permissive, like I was, isn't going to just be able to change how they parent um, overnight. It's going to take time and conversations and learning Mm -hmm. skills and Mm -hmm. stepping up and facing fears and Mm -hmm. overcoming guilt. Mm -hmm. And that's a process that you can go through together and you can be united and you can make parenting decisions behind closed doors. And then the bio parent can learn to step Mm -hmm. up and set Mm -hmm. healthy boundaries with their child, which is going to help the step parent yeah. to be able to delight in that child. That's right. right. And that's another thing I just I'm struck as you're talking about. I'm hope we really hope that the needs also give us a language for behind those closed doors. Yes. Right? Yes. Because then we can say, okay, well you're so much better at boundaries than I am. Either mm. coach me through mm. what to do here or you are so good at delight. Like that is something that I want to work on. Mm -hmm. I value that in you. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we get to a bigger balance in the family? But just having the language, I think is very helpful. And it helps us to see one another and tag team. Yes. Mm. That's so great. Thank you for saying that. that. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, Amy, because this is another powerful tool Mm -hmm. that couples in blended families can use to become those parenting partners. Oh, yeah. I've devoured this book and I'm just like, oh, everyone needs to read this. It's so good. (laughs) And it's so doable. And you don't have to get it right. You don't have to be perfect. It's really doable Mm. to understanding the different options. And like that story you just shared, Amy, I realized I'm disconnected from my child Mm. what else can i try oh Mm -hmm. there's comfort okay that's a hard one for me but i can try it yep and then all of a sudden you're connected i love it yeah yeah Wow, what a what a powerful discussion! Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I know this is going to bring value to our listeners. I, I wonder if we were to wrap up the conversation with just one step, one small piece of advice for parents and step parents who say, "Okay, I want to get better at this." What would that one thing be? Your children, your step children, want it to go well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They 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 don't want to be lost in the forest any more than you do. Yeah. 
but they need our leadership. And so I think just having, like you were talking about, Kim, oh, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're stuck. Yep. <laughs> I've got to be the one that says, try a different direction. Like the child isn't going to make that move. Yeah. So being brave and have the conversations yeah. to try different things, mm. to stick with it mm-hmm. and know that that's not going to solve everything, but mm-hmm. it's a journey. It's a long journey. Yeah. You guys know you guys have adult kids now. The journey mm-hmm. hasn't ended yet. Still no. going. Right, right. And just keep that long view. Like mm-hmm. this isn't going to get solved or tidied up tomorrow, next week, mm-hmm. next month. Mm-hmm. It's a long journey and it's worth it to just yes. keep at it. Yes. Try different directions. Yep. Yeah. 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 And I think if things feel hard or when things feel hard, because I think that things feel hard for all of us. Mm-hmm. ask yourself put you know put the issues with kiddos with anyone else but yourself aside mm-hmm. and just wonder do i believe that i am loved mm-hmm. do i believe that i am worthy of being delighted mm-hmm. could i believe that someone you know and to me because i am a person of faith mm-hmm. that god looks at me and says look at you you mm-hmm. are beautiful mm-hmm. yeah. look at what you love and if you are not someone who has experienced delight in your life from mm-hmm. a primary caregiver and things feel really hard right now, mm-hmm. it really might be worth just trying on. Mm-hmm. I am loved. Just mm-hmm. trying to believe it, that there mm-hmm. is a love that exists for you. That mm-hmm. is so complete. That is mm-hmm. so whole that looks at the goofy things you do and just laughs and just says, well, you know, like, look at you. Like, mm-hmm. what if that were true? Yeah. Like, what if we could believe that we are loved and carried in that way? And yeah. I think if we could start to believe it, mm-hmm. it's amazing how then we're able to pour it back out. But if things are super hard, um, we it might come from a place of not believing that we ourselves are worthy yeah. of what we want to ultimately offer our kiddos. Yeah, so good. Amy. Yeah, that's Thank a you. great point. Thank that was you. that was really good. I have one small step that parents and step parents can take. Is What's that, our, that honey? Can yes, I offer please that? share. Buy Jeffrey and Amy's book. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like read it, and and actually wait, don't just buy it. Read it. I I got a whole lot of books on the bookshelf back here that I've bought and haven't actually read. So don't do that, but buy it and read it. And if you're not a reader, <laughs> check out their podcast. They yeah. have an amazing podcast, and I noticed because I've listened to it, they actually talk. They have guests on the show, and they talk about each of the six needs, mm. and they do a deep dive, mm-hmm. and they talk about the challenges, and they talk about next small steps that yeah. parents and step parents can take yeah. in meeting these needs. And I just love that. Yeah, so good. So Jeffrey and Amy, where do mm-hmm. they? Where do our listeners find that? Where do they find you? Mm-hmm. You can find us at growingconnected.com. And again, the book is The Six Needs of Every Child. So mm-hmm. we are just so grateful and for this opportunity to talk to you all. And if I would offer an additional thing, it'd bounce it right back because it is isolating being a parent generally and going mm-hmm. through hard things and feeling shame about what's mm-hmm. not working. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's doubly so in, mm-hmm. uh, in blended families in certain spaces. And so what Mike and Kim are doing to, to draw alongside families, just don't be afraid to enter into that conversation mm. and seek support and just be so blessed mm. <laughs> by entering and taking that step. So I do hope that your, your listeners uh, jump into it with you and with other families because yeah, there's their unique yes. aspects to how these needs would play out in mm. blended families that need to be explored that really mm. could be mine for Mm-hmm. Uh, real, uh, you know, real he- healing. Yeah, yeah, thank you, yeah. thank you for saying that, Jeffrey. Really appreciate yeah. your your well, encouragement there. Yeah, thank you so much for creating this resource for mm-hmm. all the wisdom and the stories mm-hmm. and your vulnerability in this mm-hmm. book. It's just I've I've been moved to tears with some of the stories and just been <laughs> so inspired and. And usually I'm the crier. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it's so relatable. And just mm-hmm. there's so much wisdom packed into this little book. It's not even 200 pages.
pages and it's small it's an easy read it's yeah. concise it's so valuable so thank you for creating it jeffrey amy thank you so mm-hmm. much for joining us today we really appreciate it yes thank mm-hmm. you. thanks for having us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well that's gonna make this episode a wrap until next time Does it ever feel like people just don't get how tough it is to blend a family? What if you could experience a community that's all about healthy support, guidance, and practical strategies that help you thrive in your blended family? Well, now you can. Blending Together is a supportive community for blended family couples just like you. We've educated and supported hundreds of couples navigating the unique challenges of blended family life. Now we're inviting you to join our community and experience the transformation that awaits you. Blending Together is not just another community. It's a place where you'll find practical real-life strategies for building unity as a couple. Creating more connection as a family. Experiencing partnership in parenting. And even dealing with that difficult ex. Blending Together is a safe, growth-focused space where you'll get to connect with us and maybe more importantly, with other blended family couples who truly understand what you're going through. Along the way, you'll discover practical tools, guidance, and hope that empower you to find a future full of confidence and connection. When you join Blending Together, you'll gain access to a variety of resources like our private Facebook group and online learning platform monthly coaching meetings, monthly Q&As, and you'll even get to vote on the content for our monthly workshops. Mm -hmm. Blending a family can often leave couples feeling alone or isolated, and quality support can sometimes be expensive and hard to find. That's why we're offering you access to all of this at a super low monthly rate, because every blended family deserves the opportunity to thrive regardless of their budget. So scroll all the way to the bottom of the show notes and click the link to join us in the Blending Together community and meet other couples just like you in our upcoming community meeting. Plus, when you join before the end of the month, you'll gain access to our brand new bonus mini course that will help you make quick headway. Mm -hmm. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We can't wait to meet you inside Blending Together Just click the link all the way at the bottom of the show notes to get started. We'll see you there.